Hello everyone. You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Dear friends in the audience, welcome to our podcast series. I am Connie. And thank you for joining me and our old friend Dr. Hofstadter on time every Saturday night. Welcome, Dr. Hofstadter. Would you say hello to our audience? Good evening everyone, good evening Connie. Thank you for your invitation, I'm very glad to be here. All right. In the last episode, we introduced an overview of the research history of exosomes produced by circulating cells, their composition and analysis techniques and the mechanism by which these vesicles are formed and released by cells. Over the past three decades, research findings on exosomes have grown at an ever-increasing rate. Cancer, as one of the most troubling human diseases, has always been the object of researchers' efforts. Exosomes, which mediate complex cell-to-cell communication, naturally form important connections with tumors that cannot be ignored. Summarizing the current research results, There is no precise mechanism to explain the formation and release process of circulating cell-derived exosomes. However, it is undeniable that the increased release of exosomes and their accumulation seems to be a circulating increasingly recognized as intercellular communication vehicles with extensive autocrine or paracrine functions. Dr. Hofstadter, maybe you could start and share some of your views on this. Okay. By exposing cell-type-specific adhesion receptors or ligands, I think exosomes can interact with specific cells and transmit their signals. And so-called signals include bioactive lipids, cytokines, growth factors, receptors, and genetic material. Therefore, the microvesicle or exosomal pathway may constitute a mechanism for local and systemic cell-to-cell information transfer. Its complexity is superior to that of secreted soluble factors, but similar to that observed with direct cell-cell contact. Due to maintaining their 3D transmembrane structure, exosomes provide stable conformational conditions for their protein content, protecting their protein's biological activity based on the protective membrane structure. Additionally, you know, exosomes can improve biodistribution based on their ability to circulate in biological fluids and migrate to secondary sites, and utilize their fusion properties to support efficient interactions with target cells. Due to these characteristics, tumor-derived exosomes are an efficient platform for delivering crosstalk signals in vivo. Well, how can the central role of exosomes in generating the tumor microenvironment be reflected? I think the diversity of bioactive molecules associated with exosomes may suggest that exosomes exhibit a central role in generating the tumor microenvironment. Exosomes can transfer specific proteins to homologous and heterologous target cells for signaling pathways. It has been shown that the presence of tumor-derived exosomes can increase the secretion of MMPs and the expression of VEGFs in target cells through the expression of proangiogenic molecules. For example, increased expression of members of the tetraspanin family can promote neovascularization, even at secondary metastatic sites. The released MMPs can digest the extracellular matrix in which they emerge. This degradation is enhanced 
when MMPs are co-released with exosome-associated extracellular MMPs inducing agents. What components do circulating cell-derived exosomes carry to promote tumor metastasis? Studies have shown that cancer ascites-derived exosomes carry extracellular matrix remodeling enzymes, such as metalloproteinases 2 and 9, and urokinase plasminogen activator, leading to increased matrix degradation of the extracellular matrix. The expression of matrix remodeling enzymes increases the aggressive phenotype of tumors and promotes metastasis. And I'd like add that, the presence of proangiogenic factors supports the neovascularization of developing tumors. Common cellular components of the tumor microenvironment are monocytes and macrophages. So, all these show that in the microenvironment, tumor-associated macrophages can aid tumor progression through angiogenesis, growth, metastasis, and immunosuppression. What happens after exosomes are released by mother cells and bind to target cells? When vesicles shed from the original cell fuse with their target cells, they can transfer important membrane components such as receptors and ligands. Bystander B cells were observed to acquire antigen receptors from activated B cells via membrane transfer. This demonstrates the transfer of receptors between exosomes and target cells. This transfer allows for increased expansion of antigen-binding B cells, with the ability to present specific antigens to CD4 plus T cells. Amazing! In addition to receptors and ligands, what other molecules or signals are exosomes involved in? Yeah. Exosomes can also transfer the adhesion molecule CD41 from platelets to endothelial cells or tumor cells, conferring proadhesion properties to target cells. Not only that, exosome-mediated transfer of FOS ligands from tumor cells induces apoptosis of activated T cells, favoring tumor immune escape. Finally, exosomes can also protect cells that move potentially harmful molecules, such as FOS or membrane attack complexes, from the cell membrane to the extracellular compartment. That's really something. And studies have shown that exosomes are also thought to contribute to the spread of infectious pathogens. Could you please give us an example? Sure. In the case of HIV-1, the risk of infection by this virus and resistance to apoptosis are increased in macrophages that receive chemokine receptors. Transfer of chemokine receptors of HIV-1 and chemokine coreceptors via released exosomes can enhance viral entry into cell types other than the lymphohematopoietic lineage. You know what? In addition to transferring receptors, exosomes can also transfer viruses contained in exosomes through the Trojan exosome hypothesis involving direct delivery. How would you explain the Trojan exosome hypothesis? Well, this hypothesis was proposed in 2003 by two scientists who mainly studied the human immunodeficiency virus. It proposes that retroviruses utilize cell-to-cell -cell communication and exosome trafficking to generate virions and carry out their subsequent major infection activities. Okay. And another question, as far as I know, the mutated EGFR gene is carcinogenic. Do you think it's related to exosomes? Yes. In human gliomas, only a small fraction of cells exhibiting a transformed phenotype express the truncated EGFR8 
associated with dysregulated tumor growth. Indeed, researchers have demonstrated the transfer of oncogenic EGFR8 from human glioma cancer cells expressing the receptor to glioma cells that do not express the receptor via fusion of exosomes. After metastasis, receptor-deficient glioma cells were converted to express EGFR8-regulated genes. And subsequent studies showed that oncogenic EGFR8 from human squamous cell carcinoma cells was transferred to tumor-associated endothelial cells via exosomes to activate MAPK and AKT cell signaling pathways and promote endothelial VEGS expression. It is well known that the occurrence of epigenetic changes is frequently reported in cancer. Epigenetic regulation of gene transcription, mediating cell proliferation, differentiation, and survival are additional targets of tumor progression, resulting in genomic instability. What role do exosomes play in instability? I think the mediation of exosome horizontal transfer could serve as an explanation for this genomic instability. Their horizontal metastasis has been demonstrated in many tumor-associated cells, including gliomas, monocytes, mast cells, and T cells. One explanation for this phenomenon, as far as I know, is the transfer of genetic information between cells. It has been shown that tumor-derived exosomes can transfer not only surface determinants of tumor cells, but also messenger RNAs to monocytes. Does it mean that exosomes can induce epigenetic reprogramming of target cells? Is there any evidence? Exactly. It has been demonstrated that exosomes derived from murine embryonic stem cells can induce epigenetic reprogramming of target cells. Embryonic stem cell-derived exosomes enhance the survival of hematopoietic stem or progenitor cells and induce the upregulation of early pluripotency and early hematopoietic markers. Subsequently, MAPK and phosphorylation of AKT are activated. Additionally, embryonic stem cell-derived exosomes can express the messenger RNAs of several pluripotent transcription factors. These transcription factors can be delivered to target cells and translated into corresponding proteins. I see. So, are messenger RNAs the primary nucleic acid carried by embryonic stem cell-derived exosomes? I don't think so. In addition to messenger RNA, exosomes can also transfer microRNA to target cells. Embryonic stem cell-derived exosomes are rich in microRNAs, and they can transfer some of them into mouse embryonic fibroblasts in vitro. Since microRNAs are regulators of protein translation, this observation opens up the possibility that stem cells can alter gene expression in neighboring cells by transferring exosomal microRNAs. When the shed vesicles fuse with their target cells, part of the cytosol sequestered within their lumen is expelled and bound to the cytosol of the target cells. Because this transfer can also include the delivery of specific messenger RNAs, I mean, it can ultimately contribute to the epigenetic and proteomic properties of target cells. Okay, that's all for today. Thank you Dr. Hofstadter for your wonderful science popularization today. Thank you all for joining us, and goodbye until next time.